Welcome to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, exploring leadership in nursing through inspiring conversations. Today's episode is sponsored by AACN's eLearning, offering online leadership courseware like AACN's award-winning Fundamental Skills for Nurse Managers, with information available at aacn.org forward slash manager course. Now, here's your host, Connie Barden. Hi, everybody. Connie Barden here today. Um, Get ready. I think we're getting ready to talk about one of the most important topics that exists in healthcare today. And I have as a guest with me, Dr. Karina Minivar. Welcome, Karina. Um, Karina is the manager in the quality department at Pomona Valley Hospital Medical Center. So welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Connie. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this because the topic is about your actual project when you got your DNP, by the way, Dr. Menyavar. Uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. And uh, why I'm stressing it's important is because what you focused on is orientation of new nurse managers. And I can't wait to dive into that, pick your brain and see what you learned. But before we do that, I always love for people who are listening to know who the heck they're listening to. So why don't you give us, you know, the mini version of uh, who you are and how you got to where you are now. And then we'll talk about all the things you've been working on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, my name is Karina Menjavar, and I've been a nurse for almost 20 years, 14 of those years in nursing leadership. So I've had several different nursing leadership roles. I've been the director of an emergency department. Um, I should say my clinical background is really in emergency medicine and critical care, but I've also held positions in public health nursing, clinical education director. I've been an ED director, a healthcare surveyor for CMS. And most recently, I was overseeing uh, the resource center at Pomona Valley Hospital, which kind of consisted of the house supervisors, the staffing office, the float pool, transfer center, and contracts before I transferred into quality management. Um, As you've said, I've been doing quality management now uh, for the past couple of years, and I absolutely love it. Well, that is a a full docket of activities in, in 20 years. Thank you for sharing that. Now. Dr. Menuvar, <laughs> fresh fresh out of your DMP program at UCLA, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, what I understand is that your project there was just really exciting. And so I guess why don't you start just giving us a little overview of the project and why you decided to focus on the needs of new nurse managers specifically? Right. So, you know, this was a huge accomplishment for me. Thank you for the congratulations. Um, was really an honor. And I think that when I decided on what my project would be, it was, I knew two things. I knew that I had to be passionate about the project and I knew that it had a time constraint, right? We had to finish within a certain amount of time. Um, You know, for me, nurse manager development is something we've been talking about for years. I remember taking on my nurse leaders, my first nurse leadership role, um, maybe six years into my career and had very little training. It's like you're handed the keys and said, here, now figure it out, right? Um, and, and typically you see something in these nurse leaders that you, you pick. You see leadership qualities. You see something that can develop into great nursing leadership or management. But very few times do we have the opportunity to help them transition into that role. And when you talk to people today, 
we're still dealing with the same problem that I saw 14 years ago. You know, you talk to any new nurse manager now and you ask them, how was your training? What did you do to kind of learn your new role? And they say the same thing, right? It's, oh, some, some of them have a mentor or they're partnered up with somebody and say, hey, they taught them the ropes. Others uh, really worked closely with their director. And then if you know, um, they are in low resource organizations, they're really just kind of left to figure it out on their own. Um, And it's not anything new. It was happening 20 years ago, 14 years ago, when I first took on my first role, and it's happening now. As a matter of fact, literature shows that less than 10% of hospitals across the nation have developed um, specific training transition programs for new nurse managers. So that's really what I wanted to do was focus on a topic that was important, and that I would be passionate about, which came to, you know, really leadership and management. Wow. I just want to repeat that, let that soak in. Did you say less than 10% of facilities report that they actually have programs for new nurse managers? Transition programs Uh Uh for new nurse managers transferring from a clinical expert role. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. We wouldn't think of bringing somebody in to do surgery if they if they didn't know how to do that surgery. That, that is kind of crazy. And I knew the number was low, but yes. I didn't realize it was that low. Wow. Well, and when you think about it, Connie, the, the role of the nurse manager, right, continues to expand. I mean, yeah. now they're responsible not just for budget and business development, organizational goals. I mean, with the nursing shortage that we're facing, staff turnover and retention, patient mm-hmm. outcomes, you know, you talk about performance improvement and root cause analysis. The role of the nurse manager is so important and it's evolving every day. And so even if you've been a seasoned nurse manager, I mean, it is not what you were doing 10 years ago. And so when we don't offer that training or that development program and nurse managers are left to figure it out on their own, then oftentimes there's hiccups or, you know, um, ultimately who suffers is what we're all in for, right? The patient. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the biggest negative effects, I think, is the high rate of turnover in nurse managers. I don't know the data, but I think sometimes folks feel pretty underappreciated in that role. And it's really, really important work, but also hard work. Yes, yes. And then we've got to consider that, you know, facing um, the nursing shortage, as we're all talking about with baby Mm -hmm. boomer generation retiring, you're losing a lot of knowledge there. You're using a lot of experience and knowledge. And so you really have a new generation of nurse managers that, um, you know, don't come with that, those same skills. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So tell us a little bit about what you put together. I know you said it's a blended learning approach, but what were some of the components and what did it look like? So I wanted to do something. There's a lot of programs out there, right? And I've done a lot of those programs myself. There's programs that, um, you know, the organization supported in sending nurse managers off for training and development. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to bring a program to the organization because I've been part of those programs. And though the content is great, you don't always get the applicability to my organization. In other words, you know, somebody can teach you the budget, but they don't teach you how to do the budget here, Mm -hmm. right? Or they can teach you the hiring process, but not necessarily how that's applied within the organization. So I was really looking to put together something where the nurse managers could learn um, how things are done here at this organization. And so a blended approach really was going to work best to guide the process, 
um, we needed to use a guide to, to, to really look at what topics needed to be covered and then really focus on um, enhancing those topics with organizational speakers. We did a pre and post assessment uh -huh. of competencies. So they did a self-assessment using the AO and L skills inventory tool before the education and after the education training. Mm -hmm. We used actually AACN's um, nurse manager course modules, the, the, the fundamentals for nurse managers courses, because they were online modules to really guide the learning process. And then mm -hmm. we did a post assessment to see how they self-assess their own competency before and after the program. And so did I hear you say you also brought in speakers? So they're working on this online thing, but you you sort of peppered it with some speakers or, or folks bringing in to emphasize some of the curriculum? Correct. So, you know, when I was reviewing the curriculum, because I was reviewing different programs to see what would work best, when I was reviewing this curriculum, um, the very first module that uh, you guys start with, which was amazing, was um, really meeting with your direct supervisor, right? Meeting with mm -hmm. your nurse director to set goals. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. You have to know what your job responsibilities are and you have to set goals for yourself. So I love that. And then the very next part of that was choose a mentor. So the research also shows that along with a nurse manager training program, you know, adding that mentorship relationship is so important. And I really believe that you can't assign a mentor, right? People have to be able to choose their own mentors in order to fully receive. And so, you know, that was part of module one for the AACN Fundamentals of Nurse Manager program. And so, so when they chose that mentor, um, we sent out to the mentor, the mentor mentoring guide also within the modules. And so it just, I really just took that content, followed it and enhanced it. So I obviously had to take it first. And every time I got to tell you, every time I saw one of those modules, I thought, oh, this, this person at our organization would be great to enhance this. Uh -huh. So when I got to the finance and budget module, I knew our organizational players really well, thankfully, having built really good relationships there. Um, and so I would, you know, I reached out to them and said, hey, so this is what I would want you to cover. And it was really enhancing um, a lot of what they were already learning in the modules. So when we came to the finance uh, module and it talked about operational budget versus a business plan versus this. So I just had them kind of talk about and emphasize those three or four areas and really look at what is the software we use here at this organization and what do they need to think about for their budget, right? And then I also had to give our speakers a little bit of um, you know, background and letting them know, for example, you're going to have outpatient nurse managers, you're going to have in patient units you have you know this is your audience mm -hmm. and so that they would know how to tailor each of their conversations to that you know um when it came to the hr module i had our hr director come in and talk about our union contract you know and so then they went over and reviewed our union contract what can you say what can you not say how do you do counseling and coaching and then when it came to the hiring process i had our hiring manager come in and talk about interview questions you know we did role play within the sessions and had each you know manager really talk about you know it, it's the simple things connie that we often forget that nurses don't know right off the bat it's you know what questions can you ask and not ask you know, during the interview process, you know, what are the labor laws 
you know, how do you manage somebody that wants to take an extended leave or, you know, or not? So it was the very basic things that we were emphasizing and we were emphasizing who their resources within the organization were to tap into that. So when the HR team came and presented, they brought, you know, other people, hey, this is who you contact for that. They brought them each, you know, um, their cards, a contract, you know, and emphasized how important it is for the nurse manager to be very familiar with our union contract, for example. You know, so so it, it was very ideal to follow the same flow of the modules and bring in speakers to enhance some of the sessions. Wow. This half of this stuff I've never even really thought about. But of course, it's true that clinical nurses don't need to know that kind of thing. But if you're shifting to this kind of role, there's a ton of stuff that needs to be learned. So let me just envision this. So I'm guessing the online part, the nurses in this study um, or the program did this on their own time. And then there were certain days in a week or a month or whatever that they came together for the speakers. Is that how it worked? Correct. So um, I had an agenda for for each of the sessions. And so they I would send that ahead of time and I would say, hey, complete this, this and that before coming to this session. So we had a total of three six hour sessions over the course of nine weeks. So every three weeks or so we had a session. And um, before each of those sessions, they had homework to complete. So for example, before session one, they were to complete module one. And then we, some of the modules we did in the session together and some we had speakers for. So when they came to session one, and forgive me, I don't have my notes right in front of me to know exactly which module we completed when, but let's say we said they completed module one on their own and came in prepared with their homework, which was the mentor and their director goals. And then module two, you know, I pulled up on a on a projector and we completed together and paused as we went along the way to open up for discussion and say, so how do you think, um, you know, such and such handled that or have you guys dealt with something like, like this? I think that building the cohesiveness among the group was really important. Having these uh, nurse managers, and, and this is some of the feedback that we received at the end, is being in the room with other people and knowing that you weren't the only one that felt that way. You know, when the light bulbs were going on and saying, oh, you know, I thought I was the only one dealing with that. Or, you know, I I didn't know what I didn't know. And it was good to hear that others didn't know it, too. So um, engaging in that conversation with one another and being able to kind of, um, you know, really walk through some of those together and see that they weren't the only ones facing some of those challenges was good and important. So we would complete some modules and then. And then we would have, we would say, okay, now we're going to have a speaker on this and you're going to go back into the module on your own, on, you know, your own time or during work hours. It it was allowed for them to have done it during work hours. But, you know, we said, you're going to go and complete this module on your, on your own because you're going to have this speaker. And then for the next session, they would have ahead of time, we're going to have a speaker on this and that module. And now they could work ahead or before, but we were enhancing. We would let them know which ones we were completing together so that they could, you know, be present and focused on those. And, you know, you have all kinds of personalities, especially in leadership, right? right. <laughs> so we had some type A people who were very uncomfortable and wanted to know when were we completing what so they could work ahead and know and be prepared and 
And then, you know, you had those that, you know, wanted to click ahead or with us while we were clicking together in the room so that they wouldn't fall behind on their modules after. So I think we had fun with it. That's really a smart way to do it. Let me ask you, you had people from various departments coming in to support this. How did you get their buy-in? Like you talked about HR and the budget folks and all that. Did you have any trouble getting folks willing to come and share their knowledge with the group? No. And, and, you know, and I attribute that to our organizational culture. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it it wasn't difficult at all. Most people are very willing to share the knowledge. And I think, you know, most organizational leaders understand the importance of educating the nurse managers. I think that they know that, you know, this is information they want your nurse managers to have because it enhances overall their job, right? So it makes their job easier. So they were very willing to come speak it's always very important to have your leadership buy-in. And that's something I knew before the project even started. So um, I am very thankful and grateful that my clinical mentor um, for my doctoral program was our nurse executive vice president, um, executive CNO. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when, when I went over this project with her, I mean, I think that she herself was very excited and, and it was something that she's been wanting to do as she shared for a long time. So it was something she fully supported. And if you have her support, I mean, quite frankly, who's going to object? So yeah. um, it was really, it was really a blessing to have her behind this. And, um, you know, when we first started it with the nurse managers, it was very intentional that she sent out the welcome letter and, and let them know that the organization was investing in them and wanting them to participate in this. So that was instrumental to the success of the program. And then, you know, after that, I think it was really important to have uh, their directors buy in, right? Because ultimately we were asking them to be pulled away from their uh, regular duties, at least yeah. for those three sessions, and then to allow them time to complete these modules and um, and work through some of the goals and readings and, you know, tasks that they would be assigned. So it was really important to get their, their direct supervisors buy-in, which, again, I, I'm very lucky to have worked at an organization where they, they were they were hungry for this. They fully supported this. They were excited about it and that they were uh, willing us to um, allow whatever it is that we needed to get it done. Yeah, you know, it's one thing to be supportive, and yet the other is still costs money. Costs money to have people off the unit doing something else. There's a thing out in the world we call that non-productive time, which just sends me right up the wall because to me, learning and development about your role is anything but non-productive. But that's kind of how these things get classified. Did you have any trouble getting support from the financial, or did you have to do a cost-benefit analysis or anything along with the project? I did a, a short cost benefit analysis. Yes, I didn't. I can't say I had any trouble getting the support from the financial uh, piece. You know, I think that it was really important to reflect and show the return on investment here. Again, you know, understanding the impact of the nurse manager role and being able to speak to that and communicate that is very important because when you can show how, you know, the nurse manager can impact patient outcomes when it comes to your, you know, leapfrog scores, star ratings, you know, right? Your clapsies, your CAUDIs, your HAIs. I mean, you know, you have to be able to communicate that and their impact, you know, within that. But not just that. When you think about how, you know, it it takes up to or approximately $65,000 a year to now um, train a new 
new registered nurses every time you have turnover, right? And then the primary driver for nurse retention is the nurse manager role. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not difficult to do a cost analysis or a business plan to to really promote that nurse manager engagement. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. Um, so let's see. I don't think you've told us yet how many people were in the program. I'm very curious about the criteria you use for which nurse managers participated and that type of thing. Give us a little bit about the, the anatomy of, of how you set it up and all of that. And then in a little while, we'll talk about outcomes. Yes. So, you know, again, I did go through the IRB process. You know, we wanted to make sure that we, that we were doing things correctly. So they had to sign a participation agreement. The one criteria to participate was that they be in a managerial role for less than seven years. So, you know, because this was my DMP project um, and the research showed that it takes up to six to seven years for a nurse manager to develop full competency in their role, we used the criteria of seven years in order for them to participate. We had 14 nurse managers meet this criteria um, in the organization. And so the lowest or, or the least amount of time in their managerial role I had, or the youngest was two months. So I had someone just two months into their role. And the most I had was seven years, someone right approaching seven years right before during this, this session. So I had a wide range, you know, um, I think nine, let me, um, I want to make sure that I get this right, but about nine of them had less than 12 uh, months in their role. So it was a good mix. We had um, everything from the ED to the IR and GI lab. We had critical care. We had med surge and we had tele. Um, We had LDRP, labor delivery. So Mm -hmm. we had a wide range of nurse managers within that scope, which was really, really good. So the criteria of less than seven years, and then they had to sign a participation agreement, which really just kind of gave us the demographics. So I collected some demographics during their participation agreement. I collected years in nursing, I collected um, education level, and then uh, certification level. Mm -hmm. So I also found that 11 out of the 14 had obtained a a certification um, in their field. Nine out of those 11 had a clinical certification, Hmm. you know, that really enhanced uh, the research in that we are promoting clinical experts, right, into the managerial role. I think we've always known that. And you say that you see a really good clinical expert nurse, you then you have a gap in leadership or in management, and you, you, you look to those clinical experts to take on that role. You know, I, I think it's important to say this because we have to look at learning theories. One of the learning theories that I used was Benner's theory which really talks about the novice to expert role. And one of the things that, you know, you'll find is that um, when you're promoting an expert nurse, they've attained that clinical expert into a managerial role, they revert back to novice. And we talked about this during the, the sessions, I remember, because it was so important that they accept and embrace their uh, novice stage in order to continue to grow through the other stages through Benner's theory. Um, And oftentimes that's really hard to do. I remember that in my own experience, that was really hard to do because I was supposed to be an expert. I was supposed to know it all. And now I know nothing about this new role that I'm stepping into. And it's really hard to admit that. That's right. Very hard. One of I just had a conversation with a colleague last week about the same thing. She's just changed roles 
never done what she's doing now. And it's like, oh, when was the last time you were new to something? And she couldn't even remember when. Right. Very hard and very intimidating sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So now it's time for the drum roll. What were the outcomes? What was the feedback? What did you learn? What did people think? Tell us about that. So the feedback I got to say was very good. Um, it, it was very rewarding to hear the aha moments within the group. So we did do a post analysis and a post survey. I got to tell you, so from the data perspective, and you know, we're on a podcast, so I can't show you charts, Connie, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I can tell you that we had growth in all three domains that we measured. Wow. We had the most growth in the business. Two out of the three domains had a p-value, which was, um, you know, less than 0.05, you know, which was significant, right? The one domain that didn't was the leader within domain. And I have a theory behind that. It's my personal theory, but I think because you were already promoting leaders, right? You already have some leadership qualities within that, that showed the least growth. Um, You know, these were people, the leader domain includes things like setting career goals and understanding who you are and all of that. And so these were people that probably were grounded in that. So, so we still went from a 2.3 to a 2.6 in that we had some growth, but we had the least growth. The business domain had the most growth, financial management being one of the domains that really exceeded that growth. And then, of course, um, uh, uh, the art of leading people had significant growth as well, too. So, so I was really proud of that. But, um, but you know, aside from the the data analytics and the assessment piece and all that, I think the most rewarding part was to hear the comments or what they felt. You know, um, it it was the aha moments of of hearing them say, you know, that some of the things we talked about, they didn't even know were their job. Like, you know, just, I didn't even know that was my job. Like, you know, I learned so much and then for them to reflect and say that, you know, they felt like they didn't know others were going through the same things they were going through. You know, some of them did say, you know, um, I wish I would have had this a long time ago, you know, or comments like, um, you know, I think by two to six months probably did say it was probably too early. They think that maybe at six to 12 months, they would have, you know, they would have, Uh, been more engaged benefit, which was fair. I thought, you know, that was Mm -hmm. very honest and fair. Um, But, you know, one of the other things that we did, you know, like I talked about was the camaraderie and the building their own networks amongst each other, right? So outside of the project, we really wanted to focus on maintaining that network. So we kind of kept the collaboration once a month to just do a one hour meeting and touch point for them to kind of keep the connection. And then on day three of the session, the final session, you know, we ended with an activity, a fun activity. We did an escape room. And so we took them all to just kind of do something fun to, you know, to, again, just build that network and that group, which, which that was a lot of the feedback that I received was they really appreciated getting to know one another and, and, you know, having those resources next time something comes up, they had someone to rely on or call or or be able to connect with. That is incredible. And I know that, um, it, it has been too soon since the program ended. I think it was just a few months ago, probably that the program ended, but I expect the folks there are going to be looking at retention of these nurse managers. Does this have an impact in the number of people who now feel probably more confident, more comfortable in the job, and maybe turnover for managers is better than it was before? Do you think that's something everybody plans to keep an eye on? You know, I certainly would. Um, And I'll tell you, the other thing 
that I would love to measure is um, patient outcomes on each of those units. So we don't just have 14 nurse managers. You had other nurse managers who didn't go through any of this training, right? And so it's like being able to correlate patient outcomes and then staff turnover within those units, because there's so many things you could focus on measuring and really looking at by just simply putting together nurse manager development program. Yeah, you've teed it up now. There's all kinds of things we can keep an eye on, all of which impact quality and all of which impact patient and nurse outcomes. Golly, we could talk about this on and on and on, but just sort of as a, yes. as a big wrap up, if, if you reflect back on this amazing work you've done, and if you wanted to sort of give some advice to other people who might want to get started on this, what were some of your key takeaways um, and or maybe lessons learned, things you do differently, any kind of advice you'd give to others who are really inspired by this and might want to move forward? I thought about that, you know, what do you say to others that want to get started? And and I think, I think there's just three words. It's just do it. You have nothing in your organization right now that formalizes that transition from clinician to nurse manager. I mean, then you can't go wrong with starting somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, you know, this program is something that uh, you tweak and develop and and just, you know, um, it, it can only get better with time, but it's important to just do it and just start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, there are things that I look back now and I thought, you know, um, coordinating with the speakers, for example, it's important to get on their calendar and do it way ahead of time, right? But unfortunately, I couldn't coordinate the speakers way ahead of time because, you know, they they change, they balance. Sometimes they call me and say, oh, that's not going to work. We have to move it. And so that was a little frustrating because I had a nine-week timeline. So um, some of the feedback that I got from the nurse managers was, was that it was a tight timeline. So they didn't have maybe enough time to complete modules or anything before we were meeting again. So definitely, I think their recommendation, you know, was 12 weeks, maybe Mm -hmm. 16 weeks, which is fair, is fair to do one session every four weeks or a month instead of, you know, every two to three weeks. And then um, planning ahead and having that agenda already set. Um, As much as I tried to do that, if my speakers changed their availability, then I had to change the availability for the nurse managers. And that was sometimes difficult. So I couldn't give them as much heads up as as I wanted to. But that's really, I think, um, you know, what I would go back and do differently and just not try to adjust so much to availability and stick to, um, you know, planning ahead and doing an agenda and, and hoping for the best that people will show up. Yeah, I think those are great lessons learned. I'm sure people appreciate hearing that. Let me ask you a wrap-up question that I love to get people's take on. You know, this nurse matter job, I've already given you my opinion. It's one of the most difficult jobs in the hospital and I think often unappreciated. Um, And you've been really deeply emerged or immersed in uh, dealing with a lot of nurse managers and so on. As you've done this and you've learned over the course of this work, what gives you hope around this topic of people coming into these roles and thriving as nurse managers? What gives me hope is that they are not running away, Connie. So, oh, fabulous. So, you know, nurse managers are reading the same articles we're reading. They're, you know, staying up to date and doing and looking at the same research that we're looking at. And a lot of the, the uh, publications and research right now 
are um, very, I don't want to say negative, but they highlight what we're talking about. The fact that the nurse manager role is very difficult, right? That staff retention is hard, that we're coming up on a nursing shortage, that, you know, the nurse manager role is evolving and changing and only getting harder. So with all of that information that comes at them, they are still choosing to stay and do this role. And so that gives me hope. That means that, you know what, that you have leaders out there that are not afraid of a challenge and that if you just give them the tools to be successful and help them through navigating those challenges, then um, then we have a great potential to impact healthcare and, and patient outcomes. Isn't that the truth? And it certainly tells me why yes. you are passionate about this. You picked the right topic to study for your for your DNP. Dr. Karina Minjavar, yes. thank you. Thank you. I think really what I want to thank you, not only for sharing your knowledge, but I want to thank you for tackling what you identified early on as an old problem. You know, you said 14 years ago when I had my first nurse manager job, this was an issue. We don't orient people to the role. You pointed out to us that it can be done. It can be done relatively short term. So you did nine weeks, yes. but maybe it's 12 or 16 weeks, whatever that optimal sweet spot is. That's still pretty quick to bring a whole slew yes. of people up to speed. We've got to look at generic curriculum. We need to tailor it to the hospital so that people know how we do things around here. And we do that by bringing in the folks who work there and have the expertise. And I love that you also focused on, and a lot of this has to do with you didn't use this term, but people creating their own support group. So you have a cadre now of 14 managers who went through this together, who now know each other and can sort of lean on each other as they're exiting your program and now becoming really strong and impactful nurse managers. So I'm inspired and passionate just by listening to you talk. Yeah, just really, really great work. And I'm I'm so grateful that you took the time to share it with us. And um I think you might get contacted by a lot of folks who want to learn more from you. Absolutely. And I'm always willing to share. I'm passionate about the topic, as you said, Connie, and this is something that I hope to stay involved in for a really long time. Thank you, Karina. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, proudly sponsored by AACN's award-winning Fundamental Skills for Nurse Managers with information available at aacn.org forward slash manager course. We welcome your thoughts on this episode or ideas for future topics. Feel free to email us anytime at podcasts at aacn.org.